0: Welcome to Dragon Talk, ladies and gentlemen, the official Dungeons the Dragons podcast. I'm Greg Tito, and uh, I have uh, someone who's very wonderful here
1: Mike <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, he was referring to you.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, me, Shelly Mazzanoval. You. You're Shelly, mm-hmm.
0: and you are. We have Mike here as well, but he has to be quiet right now. I am very he's quiet. Not, he's They're not good. really here. As a mouse. Uh, we'll get to <laughs> our interview with him uh, and uh, talking about the amazing stuff he's done with Lone Shark Games, as well as when he was creative director of
1: Third Edition here at Wizards of the Coast. Got a lot of history, and he's wearing a vintage Wizards of the Coast shirt right I now. I think too. he picked
0: that on purpose. It's true. That's uh, so, but I can't we don't say anything. Have, yes, exactly. Oh yeah. Why are we even? Yeah. Don't look at him. him. Don't look at. him. Don't look at the man
1: in the vintage <laughs> Wizards shirt. <laughs>
0: We have really exciting things help, to talk when about.
1: Mike's around, I just want to talk to him. I know. Okay, I do the I'm same not, thing. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not being rude, Mike. I'm just not looking.
0: That's, that's the way to do it. Look, look I'm pointing look in at my me. eyes. Look into my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> as soon as you look out of your script, she's going to look at me. It's true. It happened already. <laughs> <laughs> We have exciting things to talk about here, Chevy. Even though you don't, you like to just joke around, think they're not exciting, but they mm-hmm. are exciting. Mm-hmm. We are calling Impressed this me. <laughs> this long form interview podcast is now called Dragon Talk. Did you know that? I did. I'm talking to you about, so there's a little talk. bit. Talk, right. exactly. It's like <laughs> coffee talk. <laughs> exactly. So we removed all the, the episodes that uh, uh, we had in the past in the Wayback Machine going back to 2008 where there were live play sessions, you might remember, from Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all of those sessions are now in a new feed called Dungeon Delve, and uh, they're remastered and I re-recorded. see the
1: connection. Yes. Yeah, see
0: our, our amazing engineer, uh, Ryan, did Who? some jiggery-pokery. He won't look at us. He won't look at us either.
1: <laughs> Jesus it's like we're the really, most impersonal podcast ever. We're
0: getting so snubbed, but go check out Dungeon Delve. It's new. Uh, doesn't have all the the ratings and, and reviews on it, so we're up. To, it's up to you guys to to give it uh, a, a thumbs up. You of can approval. make or
1: break it. You can make or break
0: it, and oh, I think you should. Make it. I think you should make it because it's pretty <clears throat> awesome, and uh, you get new intros from uh, Chris Perkins telling you all about what happens in those sessions. Um, oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, d- d- like the director's cut. He's like right. uh, telling you everything about them except it's only like a little paragraph, but it's still amazing. And uh, you should go check it out. But here on uh, uh, Dragon Talk, we'll continue with the long form interviews uh that we've done with D&D creators uh uh going back to uh uh you know people like um uh, who have we talked to? Some really
1: amazing people. Rain Wilson. Rain
0: Wilson? Remember him? Dan Harmon? Dan Harmon.
1: Um
0: other people, <laughs>
1: super awesome. I have. Uh, I'm putting Shelly on the spot. She's, she's really on the spot. On I remember one. the topics more than the names.
0: It's true. Yeah. What are some of the topics?
1: Um. The remember we talked to Gary Gary Astleford. Yeah. The the, the Girl Scout troop leader. Yes,
0: I can't mm-hmm. wait to. Uh, Doctor B. Doctor B, we just talked to her a few weeks ago. Yeah. Was amazing Using about and
1: d for. To work with with kids on the spectrum.
0: Awesome, and then also uh, the educational uh, benefits of Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons uh, Cade that Cade Wells, Wells is doing. Yes, Look exactly. at us name dropping. I know we're finally those yeah. those old machines inside our head are working. Oh. Uh, so we'll continue doing that as well as uh, uh, some amazing uh, lore based segments that will be coming to you uh, uh, pretty darn soon. So go, Very cool. you're all subscribed to Dragon Talk. Go check out Dungeon Delve, and it's awesome. But there's another really big thing that's going on. Do no way. To, can I talk about it? Is it okay? Yeah. All right. You, you're was, the
1: communications manager. You tell me if it's okay. I know it's like it's, it's a tactic. I know uh, you're excited. Like, Is it okay you're to really talk excited. about it? And
0: then you're supposed to say like, yeah, Greg, instead of that yeah.
1: I, uh, I guess. If you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to talk to Mike, but go ahead and mouth Fine. on. About I, your I just showed cool up to, D&D stuff. I just showed
2: up to be on Dragon <laughs> Delve. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> disappointed. You're that, messing up our branding, Mike. <laughs> don't do <laughs> it. Oh. All right. So. Twopped.
0: The other big thing no, is D&D is I'm, I'm. Live from Meltdown. Yes, Meltdown Comics in LA, Hollywood. We're gonna be doing an amazing show down there on June 1st, 4 p.m., streaming on our Twitch channel, which is Watsy underscore D&D. Check W-O-T-C. that out. WOTC. WOTC, yeah, we call it Watsy here in the biz, but yeah. you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll be telling all about the new Dungeons & Dragons uh, storyline that's coming out this, this fall. It's going to be cool. It's, uh, we're going to have comedians. A new adventuring party led by Matt Mercer as DM will be out there. The whole thing will be uh, hosted by Allison Hayslip, uh, who you may remember from G4. Um, go check out DungeonsAndDragons.com for all the more information uh, about D&D live from Meltdown. But June 1st, 4, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Watch it.
1: I'll be there. Tune Watch in.
0: It. It'll be amazing.
1: Not there. Yeah. Here, watch
0: it. Yeah, because Meltdown is, like, I don't know if you know this, but Meltdown Comics is like this hotbed of geekum. Geekum.
1: Is that a word? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Geekery? Geekery. All right, let's go with geekery. Hotbed of geekery. I like yeah. that. Down in Hollywood, uh, uh, you hear about all the uh, these like comedians and actors and stuff who go in there to get their the latest issue of, of, of uh, uh, the comics, but it's also like a comedy venue back then. Yeah, there.
1: they have a backstage area. Yeah, like or a
0: whole back room. where they, mm-hmm. they record, That's where uh, Dan
1: Herman does his podcast. That's right.
0: That's where the Meltdown show is on Comedy Central. That's where um, we're going to be town. doing uh, uh, our D&D Live.
1: Look at us. Yeah, it'll
0: be all there. we got got partners come in. we got people from Neverwinter, people from WizKids, people from Gale Force 9. There'll what? be new minis that they'll be showing there. Uh, uh, we Love Fine will show off some crazy, awesome D&D apparel. That's very cool. Yeah, Doug from Fantasy Grounds, who we also talked to on the podcast. Oh, that was
1: another He's one. He's
0: going to be there. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's going to be great. Hour-long Love it. session all about uh, what, what Dungeons & Dragon products are coming out soon.
1: <laughs> okay, that yeah. sounds great. yeah.
0: Are you convinced yet? I'm I feel like I'm, I'm selling you, Shelly. I know. Yeah. I have a
1: tough, tough audience. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, is The Bachelor going to be yes, there? Yes.
0: The Bachelor, all of The Bachelors, all 20 of them. Sold. And The Bachelorettes. Sold. Will all be there, and all they right. are going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons. That, it could happen. Because <laughs> that seems like something that they'd like they like to do. They have a
1: lot of spare time in that house. That's true. When they're not filming.
0: Well, the right? reason why. Ryan
1: ca- Ryan has scoop on The Bachelor. He totally has all me. scoop. He won't He won't freaking tell me.
0: He really knows all what a about jerk. it. Yeah, they're really into gaming. It's basically a game they're playing, right?
1: It's love. It's, it's a love, love is g- not a game.
0: <laughs> oh God. Anyway, are you writing marketing copy for the for the Bachelor now?
1: <laughs> In the, my dreams.
0: The reason why I'm telling you all of this stuff, Shelly, is because you've been working on something else uh, over the last few months. Mm-hmm. What have you been working on? Which
1: is actually like, some of the stuff you're telling me. I'm like, really? I actually didn't know because I feel like my head has been buried somewhere. In what? In a haunted house on a hill. Dun
0: dun dun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, can we can we talk to him? Yeah, about let's talk?
0: talk to him about it. That's what this, is what, this is the segue that's been well,
1: here know, in front of, know, of you. I was like ready to talk about it, but this is why Mike's here. That's right.
2: No, I'm here to talk about the Bachelor. I really like that idea.
1: Wait, are you serious?
2: Yeah. So I mean, like you know, the early rose ceremonies they <laughs> seem to have they seem to have had sort of a joie de vivre around them that I didn't think you... they've captured in the more recent seasons. And
1: the f- okay, don't tease me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, I've never, a lot seen, of people I've never do, seen the Bachelor. That's pretty good. But you, you knew about rose ceremonies. I, I, I've read Wikipedia pages before
1: about the Bachelor. W- Why? Uh, I've
2: read all of Wikipedia. Oh my god! That's true. He, well, he that's, edits it.
1: You never know. Like, there's a lot of people who watch the Bachelor. I, like, I know, and people
2: them. listening to us right now who are like, they
1: probably don't. So I should just stop no. They talking should. About they, it. I'm <laughs> sure that
2: some of them out there do, and they play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. There's a better diagram there. Indeed. Yeah. And how
1: many of those people do you think play Betrayal at House on the Hill?
2: Oh, all of them.
1: Everybody. Yeah. In Soon. the world. In the actually, world. that's a fabulous name for The Bachelor. <laughs> what? Betrayal at House on the Hill. Because
2: <laughs> oh. they do live in a <laughs> so big
1: mansion. It that's is usually like that, up actually. on a hill.
2: There are a lot of similarities there. There really are. We should devote the podcast to it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what's the um, uh, So anyway. what happens in the
2: bathroom? Uh, well, (laughs) that's in which of the two things are Well, actually, nothing (laughs) happened in the
1: bathroom for a long time, because there wasn't a bathroom. That's true, that's
2: true. We should, we should tell people why we're talking about Betrayal at House on
1: the Hill. We recently announced the first ever expansion for Betrayal at House on the Hill, Widow's Walk. Yeah,
2: it's pretty cool. We, uh, I got my team together. These guys, uh, came and said, you want to do some more Betrayal at House on the Hill? And basically, I'd not said I was going to do that, like, ever, and then... (laughs) They said but no, you really. To. They said no, like really. And I went, oh yeah, of course I'd do that. That sounds great. Let's so I'm do glad that.
1: that you said yes too, because I had already said that you said yes yeah. when I pitched the idea
2: <laughs> here. Oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah, that's sneaky stuff. That's right expert there. level uh, <laughs> of uh, manipulation don't, there. Don't worry, don't worry. He's totally on board. No, He's please totally please on board. Say say totally yes. on board. <laughs> Look, we got we got Brad Pitt. We got we got Angela <laughs> Jolie. This thing's this movie's gonna be great. Yeah,
0: they actually haven't said yes yet, but still doesn't matter. It's gonna be great. I had that
1: much. That no, it was a good bet. Um,
2: uh, we, we got some of our friends together to, um, to write stuff for it. We got some cool people that uh, people I'd known for a long time and then new friends, um, people like uh, Anita Sarkeesian and Pendleton Ward and... Uh, uh, Max Temkin and, and Rob, Rob Davio, Rob uh, Davio, uh, all the all the pe- people who would worked on it originally, like Brian Tinsman and Bruce Glasgow, the original creator of the game, and then you know new folks, people who you know were like whatever thirteen when the game came out, you know, like uh, Zoe Quinn and and people like that. So just crazy times, and uh, yeah, we did it.
1: But these are also people that you knew had a soft spot in their hearts for this game. Yeah, a lot of those people a, that say the, that this is how they got into gaming. Yeah,
2: that was the, that was the litmus test, right? It was just like, hey, uh, I, I'd, I'd actually start my conversations like this. So, hey, if, have uh, if you ever played Betrayal at House on the Hill? And they'd go... Oh yeah, I did once, and I was The conversation's over. Okay, gotta go. Right? Oh, right. my, my it was other just, line. That was it, that was it right? Because, you wanted people yeah. who had played like right. you oh, know, yeah. multiple, multiple times. Oh yeah, times. no, I think it's okay. Yeah, done. Oh, Conversation okay. done. But, but when somebody on the other end um, would say, "Oh my God, that's my favorite game. It was the thing that got me, taught me that there was more to gaming than Monopoly, you know, and stuff like that," I was like, "You, you come over here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta in t- a look inside this magic now. box, and." Uh, yeah, we managed to somehow keep two hundred people quiet about it for like that's amazing. Two no, months. it is
1: it is amazing to me, and it's what was amazing and that was at PAX East. I think I might have told you this. But I was talking to Christopher Bedell. Yeah, it was like the nicest guy. He's pretty cool. He's but a crazy. He's so crazy. Yeah, for a
2: crazy person,
0: creator yeah. of Sentinels right? of the Multiverse. Yeah, Sentinels of the multiverse.
1: Yes. So he said that. He I didn't realize this, but he didn't know who the other contributors were until we did the him. announcement.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kept everybody in the they, dark. and
1: In that he said like some of my best friends were also working on and this they game. Couldn't tell him, and and right. they didn't tell each other. No, it
2: was it was good. That uh, Will Heinmarch, who's one of the authors, um said uh, right after we we uh, revealed it, uh he he tweeted, Two people can keep a secret if one of them is Mike Selinger. Yeah. And I was like that's that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. <laughs> then I would give the impression that if you break my secret, I'm going to bust both your legs, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's basically how it came across, right? And I'm like, no, it's, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't do that, but but it was. But dev- you threaten it at least. I did you know, I didn't have to. Everybody knew it was a big deal. They wanted to be part. You know, um, we did a we did a project uh, for uh, the magic team recently, mm-hmm. uh, which was this big launch of um, uh, Shadows Over Innistrad, and people were blown away by this crazy thing we did with all these escape rooms and, and stuff. And the general consensus was we should stop you know, trying to get spoilers and leaks and stuff like that, because when Wizards of the Coast can release information on its schedule, it's really cool. Right. Like Wizards does just an unbelievable job of when they have everybody's attention of saying, check this out. Oh, wait, check this out. Right. And that sort of revelation process, the surprise of it is actually part of the game, part yeah. of the fun. And if you go out of your way to ruin that fun, well, congratulations, you scored, <laughs> right. you scored some no fun. Yeah. You made, not, you made non-fun happen. Good job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whereas everybody was really happy that we didn't tell them. So was that uh, was that what the case when you were working here at Wizard of the Coast? When did you, when did you start? Uh, I started in nineteen ninety five and uh, the sort of the early Bronze Age, uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, left in two thousand three and was and Betrayal at House on the Hill was my last game at. at oh no way! Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, it was uh, the game. So I would worked on. I started working on. Uh, Magic and um, some of the trading card games, BattleTech, and mm-hmm. uh, I was a creative director for Harry Potter and the Marvel games and stuff oh. like that. And then uh, I was working on BattleTech, and uh, you know it was fun playing with giant robot tanks. And uh, we bought TSR. At the time, and I was like, "Oh, you know, uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm making my little robot tanks go. It's fun, you know, and like that. They said, uh, "Well, we got the Marvel license. Would you like Spider-Man?" And I went, um, "Yes, I would like Spider-Man." Mm-hmm. To like help sp- you, robot <laughs> t- Exactly. So I threw aside the robot <laughs> tanks, came over, and then um, so uh, so I made this Marvel game called uh, the Marvel Superheroes Adventure Game, and uh, it was super fun. At the same time they started thinking we should maybe i don't know launch another edition of dungeons and dragons right because that hasn't happened in a while Mm -hmm. and i just got swept up in it i suddenly became the the creative director for all the the new products the the sort of intro box and the you know all the all the things that we're supposed to get a new generation of D&D players, because you know, we didn't really have an old, we were starting to lose the old generation of D&D players at the time. Yeah. And uh, it seemed to work out pretty well. It was super fun times. Those those uh, design meetings and those those um, uh, uh, strategy sessions and playtest sessions with um, what is now just a hall of fame of designers, right? I mean, Monty, yeah. Monty Cook and Jonathan Tweed and... And you know, uh, all the guys from the magic side, Scaphalias and um, uh, you know, uh, Rich Baker, just just, I mean, a murderer's row. Uh, and all of us just going at each other on a daily basis uh, with these knockdown dragout fights of what the future of, Dungeons and Dragons was going to become okay. So not in a sexual sense. Okay, good. Oh No, no, no. <laughs> well, in addition, too. you guys were also going at in <laughs> each other. <laughs> in, addition to, in a sexual sense. <laughs> uh,
0: crazy times. So this what were like- some of those discussions like?
2: What was what, what were the oh, well, fights about? Oh, they were about all sorts of things. Like, um, well, the first thing I said, the first first thing I said um, in the first meeting was. If you just make armor class go the other direction, you will have done the lord's work. <laughs> because at the time it went negative to it negative was. 10. Oh, yeah. So yes. And so uh, and that was the beginning of what was sort of the the hippocratic method. And then so there were some people who are on the side of let's just let's just let's just fix this thing up a little bit. You know, just Polish it up, send it back out. You know, send it send it out to the prom looking good. And other people were like, "We are going to create a Frankenstein's monster. We are going to we are going to rebuild this thing for Steve Austin, style. bigger, stronger, yeah, better. exactly." <laughs> and uh, there were some some real fights over what you know people would say. What is the whole, the heart and soul of Dungeons and Dragons, and are we taking it away? Um, I think the the end result is that we didn't do that. That we Created a really popular edition of Dungeons and Dragons, and um, it got a new generation of people playing the game, and and so forth. And you know, like I said, I you, my my part in it was 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 uh, sort of on the sidelines, just making sure not to screw it up. You know, <laughs> not to not to just to make sure that things things went well and people people played nice in the sandbox, or if they weren't going to play nice in the sandbox, at least minimize the blast radius and uh um the end result is um i think the the fundament of what we're we're playing on today right yeah the fifth edition is a callback to a lot of that stuff but it's so much faster so much sleeker so much tougher right that you're you know you can see the the evolutionary chain there, mm-hmm. from from what what our guys did to what the fourth edition team did to what we got now, it's just a a really fun roller coaster to be on. Absolutely. So yeah.
0: So you were. So would you say that your biggest uh, uh, credit was getting rid of the, the this descending art <laughs> I <don't> class? <laughs> I don't know if I. You know. Uh,
2: actually, the weirdest thing is I think my I think the thing I did that probably had the most significant effect was really something somebody else did. So. Ryan Dancy walked into the room and said, I have this idea for what if we just gave away the system? What if we just told everybody they could write anything they wanted for D&D and, and such? And the room was just dead silent. As you saw all the people who'd come from Lake Geneva and all the, all the folks trying to figure out you know, it was a crazy idea, and I just said, that's the best idea I've ever heard. We should totally do it. And, you know, somehow that broke the ice between R&D brand and R&D, um, uh, I'm sorry, R&D uh, RPG and R&D, uh, RPG brand, to, to go forward with the crazy OGL concept, mm-hmm. which I think... Uh, had both positives and negatives but was a huge deal uh, yeah just it kind of changed the, the landscape right? mm-hmm. yeah. of what
0: uh, uh, RPG development really really was yeah
2: so I mean I don't, like I said I wasn't the only one who who embraced that goal don't don't get me wrong but like I was I I was you know there saying this is yes this is not what we do normally but we should totally embrace the future we should find out what copyleft means, you know, things like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think it turned out all right. Um, the, but yeah, I mean, I was, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird. I can't really point at like, I imagine like Monty, Monty wrote the dungeon master's guide. I didn't write the dungeon master's guide. Like that's a, that's a thing you can point at and say, um, but I was sort of Around and helping the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the things I did that I, that I really enjoyed was I tended to be the person who would try to figure out, uh, people would send in their resumes to work at RPG R&D and uh, they'd, they'd get to me first. Right. Oh, and that's so cool. so that was kinda neat too in some ways, was because like the the HR would drop off, you know, four hundred resumes at my desk and my job was to try to figure out Go which through was the them, slush pile right Yeah, try to figure out which of them was gonna forge the future of role playing. And that was pretty fun. Like, yeah. uh, Who were you
1: responsible for?
2: Oh I I wasn't responsible for anybody Who'd at the point. Who did you
1: pick out of the slush pile? Anyone that's was
2: uh, yeah, um I don't know. Uh, James Wyatt was one no. of the early Really? Yeah, I don't know if he I wouldn't call him slush pile. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he might have risen to the top. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh yeah, he was he was in that, you know, initial wave um, really? and uh yeah, I mean, just but I mean, just an incredible group of people that came together. Um, like I said, I, no, but none of us. The thing to know about that period of time is none of us ever made a single independent decision the entire time. <laughs> 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 right? I mean, it was like unlike it's like now. A, it's like a D
1: and D party. <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. Of in yeah. way.
2: Exactly. So I we have re- so much autonomy now. I though. can't claim credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I can't claim credit for any of it, right? Because there was always a seven-person meeting that had to decide just about right. everything. But well, probably more importantly, you're the people who you,
0: who you turned away. Oh, I have. Right, had, that, who they, didn't go up the ladder where well, you well, were like, not, oh.
2: Let's not let them know where I live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I'm should, sure
0: there were a few uh, uh, I, superstars of the D20 era somehow who... Uh, I, I uh,
2: imagine they saw their names at one point or another. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's time. interesting. But it was fun. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed working. I, know I, worked on, I actually started in, in uh, high school. Um, writing modules and crossword puzzles and stuff like that for dragon magazine and for the rpga and such and in put, high school yeah i put myself through college that way
1: writing for date for dragon yeah really
2: yeah for dragon and for the rpga and for i mean it's not like you know it's not like uh i was paid a fortune but you know you can buy a lot of ramen for for the price of one dungeon module.
0: Have you seen the price of ramen? It's, it's actually getting, it's like crazy. It's getting like so. <laughs> how high. you're like, "Well, this used to be 10 cents and no. now it's 50 cents. Man, what?"
2: Many, Aww, many, inflation. Many things used to be 10 cents. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, so,
0: how did you transition away from uh from D&D uh to work on 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 board games like Oh, Betrayal?
2: well, um there was a point where um we had finished uh, we had finished all of third edition's core books, and I was just so done. <laughs> I mean, why, why? Did, you, did you burn out a little oh, bit? Oh, I was I was so trashed at the end. Of the, no, I mean, like, we put we put like, you know, three four years into into that. So I wrote like I I started writing like I wrote a, a book called Masters of the Wild, which was a and D. Um, a Rangers and Druids supplement with Dave Eckleberry and I, I wrote some stuff for, I don't know, various other things at the time, and I realized that there was a, a really stark difference between me and almost everyone else who worked in RPG R&D, which is they could write 20,000 words a month and I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was just not any good at that. Like I was good at telling people to write 20,000 words a month. (laughs) I can do that all day long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was was real good at that. That's how you transitioned to be CEO of (laughs) Launch games.
2: (laughs) But, But I was just like, wow, my future is not writing all the time for D i i love it i've i really enjoyed the time i was doing it but it is pretty brutal actually and so um the i was actually thinking of leaving the company uh and going off and doing my own thing and they said Wait, 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 wait. what if we gave you avalon hill and i was like no you don't You don't even have Avalon Hill. You can't give me what you don't have. That's over in Hasbro, you know, in in Rhode Island. You you can't actually give me that. And they said, well, uh, what if what if we what if we could? And so, um, all of a sudden, I was presented with the opportunity to do the first relaunch of Axis and Allies in whatever it was, eighteen years. And that's not something a board game designer turns down. Like that, you just Right. right? I mean, like, you're like, oh, uh, yes, whatever plans I had are on hold. (laughs) And um, so we did that. Uh, I did that with Larry Harris, and Rich Baker helped out a lot on that. And uh, then I got the opportunity to do, I was told I could do whatever risk game I wanted. And so I came up with this idea called Risk Godstorm. Which was this? I cra- actually
1: didn't know that was you. Yeah,
2: so it's crazy mythological thing. It's completely un- unbalanced and ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but a Rich and Mike, um, Mike Danae were were crucial to making that. Um, and it was crazy and fun. And you know, here here's Stonehenge. Here's Excalibur. You know, here's Atlantis, and it sinks. You know, that kind of fun stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I was <laughs> asked, okay, that's great. Um, you got three games there. You got. Axis and Allies, you got Axis and Allies' D-Day 60th Anniversary Edition, uh, and you got Risk Godstorm, but we need four games. And I was like, yeah, okay. And they're like, well, what do you got? I'm like, oh, it's just on me? Like, that's that's how this works? Okay, fine. Um, Rob Davio had slipped me this copy of this game we found in a drawer, which is called The House on the Hill, and it had... Tiles and uh, and dice and cards and weird pentagonal characters and three story books and paper clips and all this nonsense in it and Clippy uh, was involved. Yeah, I think Clippy was involved. <laughs> and uh, so they so they. Um, they, I, he had tried to get it through Hasbro and they just laughed at him because, I mean, like, this is a company that was really good at producing the best games in America. They had uh, Scrabble and Clue and, and Monopoly and all those, all those games. And this, this game looked nothing like those games, right? There was no way that they could go to their buyers and say, well, just, buy, you know, while you're getting your cases of Monopoly... Throwing this house on the hill, I'm sure you're gonna love it, right? And so, so he managed to uh, slip it under the windowsill to me, basically, and I pitched it to the uh, to the people here at the time, and I said, you know, it's got you know, got tiles and dice and and uh, three rule books and and stuff like that, and I'm thinking this is a really good sales pitch. <laughs> Um, and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we were like, okay, let's. How about like another like access and allies or risk, you know, something combat heavy, something like that. And uh, it's like, well, that's not this game. So they said, we know, <laughs> we got that. Like, oh, okay. So I presumed I never was gonna make it, but then plans fell through for uh, another game, uh, and I was just like, I really want to make this thing. And they were like, okay, fine, whatever. We would have a hole in the schedule. Just just make it, whatever it is. And so, you know, we kind of hid in the back room and made Betrayal at House on the Hill and uh, got a really great team together, got Bruce Cordell to help out, Bill Slavisek, Brian Tinsman, Taylor Woodruff, uh, Gwen Kestrel, Brian Campbell, really great group of people and uh, just knocked out what we thought was going to be a crazy, you know, one-shot game something that people would go i guess this is kind of cool i don't really know what it is what was it about that game that made you want to make it so so much well it didn't do anything that any other game did right like none of the things were right like nothing made sense the concept of having three rule books you know and somebody leaves the room in the middle of the game like none (laughs) of that made any sense to anyone else and what other people saw is you know that's not how games are played. I said that's how games are gonna be played, yeah. from now on. Yeah, like people are gonna leave the room in the middle of the game. So <laughs> I'm to, they don't do that. But, right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, unless you're playing diplomacy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. For two reasons. But
2: uh, but you could sort of see it. You could you could see the DNA that was coming. I mean, the legacy games that that Rob did, the mm-hmm. uh, our game, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, all the all the things, Pandemic. Uh, All these things were presaged by this crazy little House on the Hill game. And I was like, we're going to be making something that no one else has made, and either they're going to forget about it immediately, or they're going to point back at it and say, that's the game. That's the game that that turned this whole thing around. And I made that uh, case convincingly, and so we made it.
0: Yeah, so you convinced uh, uh, everybody here to to make it. Uh, can you, because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be people who are listening to this podcast who have never even heard of Betrayal on House of the Hill, uh, sadly. Well, now they, they have should. It. Now they have. They've heard it several times. So, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned the three uh, rule books and the and and. But can you just kind of give a quick overview as to sure. how how it's played, and then we can get into what the widow's walk does.
2: Let's do that. So, uh, basic concept is it's a cooperative game at least to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you start out in a entrance hallway of a haunted house that you can't see all of, uh, and you poke around going from room to room finding items and omens and uh, events that happen along the way and you explore this house get Get it's sort of built out to a robust state, um, all sorts of things befall you uh, and uh, then at some point after you've accumulated a certain number of omens you roll some dice and if you get under that number of omens you trigger the second phase of the game which is called the haunt and the haunt Normally, in a game, it would be like, now go to phase two. And and phase two would be some structured play style. But this game did something very different. It said, we're going to send you to to a couple of books. Uh, And the books are like 60 pages long. And uh, you, Greg, since you're the the betrayer at this Mm -hmm. point, I'm always the betrayer. Always. Always. Uh, You leave the room with the traitor book, right? And the rest of us, me and Shelly and Ryan, we're going to stay here. And we're going to figure out how to stop you. And it's different every time. We don't, we don't know what you know. Uh, you don't know what we know. We both come back to the table and we try to kill each other or something. Like we don't even know. We might just have to build a toy airplane, right? We might have to. We might have to uh, uh, build a signaling tower for the aliens. Like we might have to do any number of strange things. And you might say, "Oh well, now I'm, now I'm Frankenstein's monster, and I'm going to come and destroy you." Or now I'm some sort of uh, uh, mold uh, uh, spore organism that's going to take over your bodies and stuff like that. All these crazy things, all these horror tropes and, and new ideas. And since you have no idea what the outcome is going to be, you have no idea what haunt you're going to play, you can't really strategize for it except to make sure that you're not going to get screwed when it goes down, right? And everybody, so it's a cooperative game, but yet, I'm not sure I want to help you too much. Because if you turn out to be the bad guy, I may have set you up to be Mm -hmm. be much worse than I can handle, right? So so this weird little tension runs through the game, you pay real close attention on everybody else's turn. And um, so yeah, and there were fifty haunts in the original game. And at the time I said, you know, fifty haunts isn't really enough.
1: But it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot.
2: But 50 haunts isn't really enough because it's like you could roll the same haunt, you know, on your eighth or ninth session of this and, you know, feel, feel like you. But I, I was talking like it's not enough for like the first year of the game. Right. Like, you know, by the second year, you're going to need to do more haunts so people stay interested in the game. Well, one year turned into two, and two years turned into four. And all of a sudden, it's 12 years later, and people are playing the same game and still having a great time with it. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, like, we've totally seen that. I'm mean, sure you've oh, seen yeah. it more too of, of people who. Uh, uh, when, when did uh, Betrayal first come out? 2004. 2004, yeah. 2004. And then
2: the
1: second edition in 2010. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's been ramped up since then where I've heard mm-hmm. more and more people
2: talk about it in, in, in groups and yeah, other things. Yeah,
1: people are definitely still discovering it.
2: Yeah, that's cool too. I mean, one of the things that's great about it is. You might have played all the scenarios over a hundred or two hundred sessions of the game, but when one new person shows up, the whole thing is different. Mm-hmm.
1: And the house it, is different too, which is why the house is different. There's yeah. a lot of replayability.
2: To it. Oh no question. But we were we were convinced that you know people would get tired of the game real quick unless we uh, put some new content in. You know, and then I left, and that I don't know if that was the catalyst or just other things happened, but. No one made anymore. And I just assumed that over that period of time, somebody would make a new set of betrayal. One of the reasons we called it betrayal at House on the Hill was uh, we wanted to put betrayal at in front of a lot of other things. So we wanted to do betrayal at Ice Station Zero and betrayal, you know whatever, right? Um, and none of that happened. But um, Ooh, Ice Station Zero doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah, Don't it you really want to does. Go to Ice Station Zero? It's kind of like a, a thing. Yeah, 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 the John but, Carpenter's. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. Betrayal, betrayal at, uh, at uh, the Orion Circle. <laughs> oh wait, we're going to the Orion Cluster. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> so. But watch watching real-time design right now for yeah, Mike Zellinger. You know. <laughs> but,
2: I mean, the fact is that we all lose track of time, and we went on to do other things, and wizards went on to do other things, and we just never thought we'd get back together, right? We never thought it was going to be a thing that, that happened until I would say around 2012 when... Um, People just kept asking, and not just me. They kept asking Shelly and, and everyone nearby the, the the Avalon Hill brand and, and such. It was like, when are you guys gonna do more betrayal at House on the Hill? And it just came over and over. Every time I'd do, I do these you know big um, uh, panels at PAX conventions and stuff. And, you know I'll get, and I'll get, I'll, I'll I'll have about thirty minutes of material. And then I'll open it up for questions. Sorry,
1: and <laughs> it's a haunted house.
2: Pam. <laughs> okay. with mm-hmm. There's ghosts around. There are. They really are. Yeah. Um, so uh, every every time I do this, somebody would say, "Oh, when are you gonna do more?" Trailer house on the hill. I say, well, you'd have to ask Wizards of the Coast. I had a, I had a very polished speech, right? You have to ask Wizards of the Coast now. Technically, that's their brand, not mine. So you should go. You know, I didn't even design the original game. I just made it happen. And so, um, uh, but enough of that. Enough people saying it over and over on every forum, on every convention, on every Wizards of the Coast uh you know uh speaking tour and stuff like that right we have was, lots of speaking tours <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about like, yeah you know like like every time, on tour every time that we were anywhere, this subject would come up, and I was just like i i don't know i, I would maybe I would like to do that again, yeah, and so I, the stars aligned here they in, did in, really in twenty sixteen. Yeah, they they 2015 late, late 2015. Right? Oh. On. Yeah.
0: So what happened? Tell me tell, tell what was the the impetus between uh, uh, getting this expansion off the ground, shall I?
1: There was a time last summer when Nathan and Liz said, "Hey, how would you like to work on Avalon Hill?" And I said, "Hmm. I really like d d But then I thought, "Picture a house on
2: the hill." <laughs> it's <laughs> did, they <know> that <laughs> they, did they know that that this was the thing you were interested in? Very soon after. Okay, yeah, okay.
1: But as soon as people found out that I was now going to work on Avalon Hill, I heard from multiple people, you know, if you ever want to do more of a trail at House on the Hill, you should talk to Mike Salinger. Did they? Well, I'm like, hmm. very funny, huh? Because <laughs> I, I already am. Yeah, so then I just kind of had a rough idea of what I thought yeah. what an expansion would look like and... Was told no the first time, <laughs> and then I went back. No, I mean that
0: <laughs> to be fair. And then right? I
1: came back. Wait, I'm so like, you
0: emailed Mike and yeah. he said no?
1: No, he didn't. No, oh. I, I. Before I, yeah. I went in reverse order. Before it, I actually talked to Mike, I talked to our
0: powers that be. Powers that be, right. and yeah. said,
1: "I think we should do this. This is what I think it could look like. This is how I think we could do it." And they were like, "No, we're probably not going to do that right now." Go back and do something
2: else.
1: Yeah. And so the something else I did was just re- basically revise my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> basically, ask again. Like, yeah. Okay.
2: More a emphatic this time. Like, what Whoa. do you think about now? But and she, then,
1: like, you know, they were there was like a concerned about resources, and that's when I'm like, oh, no, no. Don't worry Mike about Sellinger it. Selinker and his company is going to totally do this for me.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I think I even, like, stole your logo off the internet and <laughs> put it <laughs> on my you, presentation. Did you really? Well, like, no, look at this. And huh. they are like, maybe, actually, okay.
2: Was so there then was I a, said, Merles,
1: a- Merles, can you do me a favor and call Mike
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing, right? It was like, so I was... Um, I had no idea any of this was happening behind the scenes, right? Like, this is, this is all this machination was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I'm doing my own machination. So uh, we, were, we were doing this magic project, and things were going really well between us and Wizards. You know, we were, we were getting along great. Um, a lot of respect for each other. Really loved the crew here, uh, uh, all the people. And I was just like, wow, you know, working with Wizards would be fun again. I wonder if I should go in and see if they'd be interested in us just taking over Betrayal at House of the (laughs) Hill. Like, I was all set. Like, I was going to make a pitch that was going to be like this. No way. Really? Like, dead serious. Uh, So I was. Write a
1: big fat check. I was. I was.
2: (laughs) I was all set to come in and say, look, I I know you're never going to do anything with this brand because I didn't know that it was like flying off the shelves Mm. at this point, right? I thought it was something Wizards had forgot about. And so uh, I came in and I was I was like all set to go over um, and make a pitch to the very same people that Shelly was making her pitches to to say it was
1: a pitch off
2: yeah I know well I never got to make one <laughs> but uh, but I was all set I was gonna go in and I was gonna say okay look uh, I could I could buy this off you and I'd do a little Kickstarter campaign we're pretty good at that you know that kind of thing and I never did get to make that pitch because uh, because then Merle's and said can you come in I want to talk to you about Betrayal at House in the Actually, road. I had Merle's
1: call because I thought it would like be more serious like he would like, uh, take it had, seriously Merle's had because we're friends yeah, we've right. been friends for sure. a long time but look I wanted I thought like have a harder time saying no to Merles than to me. Oh no, that definitely isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Really>? <laughs> you are much harder to say no to. Than
1: well, Merles. you know that now. <laughs>
2: yeah. You are much harder. To say. <laughs> Merles is a pushover. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but uh, it's because no, he had a
1: kid. Yes, yeah, true. Since he had a That's kid. That's true. Yeah,
2: he's so, really mellowed out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, that was. I mean, those were like the same week. Like I was. Wow. No, it was
1: your birthday.
2: It was. I was actually. I'd actually told my team that I was going to do it sometime, you know, like in, uh, I don't know, later in October or something like that. Once we got the magic thing sort of underway, I was going to go over and pitch wizards on this. And then I came back and they were like, I came back from one of my meetings here and uh, one of my many secret meetings. Many, (laughs) many. And uh, I said, well, remember that thing I said about we might make a pitch for Betrayal at House on the Hill? Well... I mean, it kind of worked. <laughs> they pitched
1: me. Yeah. Mm, like telepathically.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I convinced them to pitch me. And quite honestly, <laughs> I'm really much happier with the outcome that we didn't actually make the game, that you guys actually printed and, and all that, right? Like I was right. very, very happy with, like, this was sort of my last-ditch attempt to make sure that, you know, people didn't forget about this game. That And, of course, they weren't forgetting about it. They were playing it all the damn time. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a completely wrong perspective on the state of the game. I thought it was just, you know, in the ash can at Wizards. But no, everybody was playing it, and they loved it. So, yeah, let's make some more of it.
0: Cool. So what, uh, 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 so now that uh, you guys got all on board to, to make the expansion, let's yeah. talk about what the expansion is. What is, what is it? What, what will people get when they, when they get the box?
1: Okay. So Widow's Walk which comes out in October, October 14th. You will get new tokens. There are some new monsters to face off against. You get um, actually some of the other new tokens that are on there, which I think are really cool. The
0: be... I'm glad you're leading with the tokens; those are the most important. <laughs> Look, tokens no, no, no! Deal. Deal. I'm yeah, the
1: original <laughs> game did
0: like... not have enough tokens, so we're <laughs> adding
2: more. I, to the I place. like, I like <laughs> to build so up in sheer quantity <laughs> of of pieces you got last time, to pieces you get this time. Tokens are the biggest chunk. You get a lot of true. tokens. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And dude. board
1: gamers like pieces to their sure. board games. I was actually sorting through the copy that we had at Pax yeah. the other day at my desk, and somebody was like, "My God, how many games did you stuff in that box? Like, this is one <laughs> game. It's
2: one it's copy. One game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. But so anyway, new tokens, explorer yeah. tokens. Yeah, they're they're designed to keep track of your progress on the in the game in ways that you've been. Making up
1: when you reach a certain age, it's a little harder to remember yeah, exactly. if you've received uh, a, a boon from, yeah, being or a had, a, had a few or libations.
2: At, actually, yeah, there, there's there are reports of this process where I was like, Wow, Mike Selinker from 12 years ago was an idiot, <laughs> like <laughs> things that I could have put in the game, like. We're gonna we're gonna go to the larger, yeah, yeah we're gonna go to the larder and and uh, do something that you can only do once a game. Why don't we mark that in some way? Maybe right? nobody remembers. No, yeah, nobody, nobody remembers. Remember. And so okay, we, so there's those tokens that, yeah. and so the
1: obstacle tokens are good. Yeah. Um, and then we have new. There's some new rooms. There's lots of new. Rooms. How many? About twenty new rooms. Twenty new rooms, including a brand new floor yeah. and
2: a
0: bathroom.
2: Yeah, and a bathroom
1: a, for the first time. I've ever. been asked. That's the
2: second, the second most popular question I ever got about betrayal, um, was other than when are you going to do one is. Why isn't there a bathroom in there?
1: Because it's a haunted house, That's okay? That's the answer I give every time, because
2: yeah. <laughs> it's a haunted house. It's the worst possible I, I don't, house. Don't, don't live there.
0: Just remember, poop in the I foyer. A, Nobody cares. I had cares. a really
1: good tagline. Remember our tagline? What? <laughs> the tagline for the
2: game. What was it now? <laughs> the tagline? <laughs> the game. This game
1: is so... I can't now. It's not even funny now. God damn it. I hate when I do that. <laughs> what did it's you... It's like, mean? I laugh too hard, and then it's... It's never as funny it's, as I think it is. I still want to hear The tagline is, this game is so scary, you'll shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's <laughs> no bathroom, get there's it? No bathroom.
2: But yeah. now
1: we have. I mean, instead yeah. of widow's walk, you're going to call it the bathroom, right? <laughs> the bathroom, yeah. the bathroom edition. Yeah. Um, but now there's not only there's a bathroom, there's a laundry room. There's a laundry Just room. Just in case. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In, in case course. that it happens. In, in case that happens. <laughs> in case that happens. <laughs> there's all sorts of fun new rooms. Widow's and walk widow's is actually a room. That, yeah, yeah, and it
1: it's factors in in a very cool, special mm, way yeah. that you'll find We're out later. And there's also new cards. There's new events, omens, and items.
2: My favorite's the chainsaw. We do. Yeah, the Boom uh baby. chainsaw uh only works if you make chainsaw noises. Which, which I, my I totally appreciate. Yeah, my, I actually so my my team proposed that and I was just like we can't do
1: that. We oh, can. You can. <laughs> <they>
2: <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course we can do that. <laughs> everybody wants to make chainsaw And nice.
1: everybody that I saw play <laughs> with that all, card all they, did, they did. Immediately. Willingly. They're Even And like, they all had very distinct chainsaw knives. But maybe the biggest thing about this game this expansion, or what people are going to be most excited about, are the new haunts. Yeah. There are fifty. Five zero. Five zero brand new haunts. That's the same number that was in the Beast game. Now we're up
0: to a hundred haunts. Yeah, that's true.
1: And it's a they're written by, um, as we were saying, a variety of contributors. So you're getting. Like the really creepy Christopher Bedell one, which I, I constantly bring up because it was emotionally scarring. <laughs> and then and physically scarring. And physically scarring. You've got two and, big and scars. Then, like,
0: no one notices this yeah, one. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, thank God. Uh, a lot of I mean, we, we, Angela Weber's yeah. kitty cat one is really adorable. adorable and cute mm. and funny, but, you know, yeah. it's creepy. Yeah. Pendleton's. Pendleton's is wacky. off
2: the chain. It is completely, so there's, completely there's something for everyone. Pendleton Ward, yeah. the
0: creator of Adventure Time. Yes. In case you didn't know. Bravest Warriors, yeah.
2: And he uh, just, I mean, everybody, the great thing about it is we could probably have done, just just me and my teammates could probably have done the game just fine, right? We would have made a fine game with lots of clever ideas and everybody would have liked it and, and so forth. But bringing in like these 30 people with the most visionary, crazy ideas means this thing, it doesn't look, anything like the first set like the the levels at which it people put new directions in this game that you couldn't even imagine you don't even look at the game the same way after you play widow's walk because you didn't even realize how many things in there were waiting to be exploited Things, things about uh, turn sequence and tile placement, and and did you know the tiles have backs? That's going to be important, and you know all sorts of crazy stuff just happens in this game. Yeah, and, and I think this game is is is
0: unique in that it's not really a linear game like no. uh, like Monopoly or Clue or even Lords of Waterdeep or anything like more modern. It's, a, uh, I, I think you said this at PAX East, it's more like a, a set of tools to create a game. Yeah. Uh, and each of these games are the 50 and now 100 and new haunts mm-hmm. that you'll be able to play with that all play completely different. And you're right, like the people that created the game, you know, back in the 2000s you had a specific kind of framework or how they, they did it, but sure. then all these new ideas and new voices and new minds who have been able to take the, 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 the tools that were there and create crazy weird things that the original designers probably never even thought of
2: when you were thinking about this you know no, i had none of that back these then ideas. yeah i just think that's so cool it's funny you would think i'm a reasonably organized person and i keep pretty much everything i would have thought that i would have kept like a bunch of rejected ideas from the first <laughs> first time out and i went looking for it and i was crushed because it wasn't there right i was like oh man I probably had some really good ideas and now I'm never gonna No I gotta some, start, go, from start from scratch. Start from scratch. No, that turned out <laughs> to Wait, be no. great. <laughs> I totally saw <laughs> that on
0: your uh uh your hard drive when you were showing us to PAX East sure. in the presentation. I was yes. like, Oh there's the, the <laughs> exactly, slush file. Exactly, from yeah. But old no, it didn't, ideas. It, it didn't have
2: it. didn't have so uh <laughs> the things that people came up with in the absence of that slush file being there are just <laughs> amazing. The the um I just feel like we've learned a lot in the last twelve years about both about how to make cooperative games, but also horror's kind of really different, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you couldn't really imagine a movie like Cabin in the Woods. You couldn't imagine the popularity of a movie like The Surge, or The the Purge, I'm sorry. Uh, I just gave away one of the titles of the haunts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So...
1: uh, I was gonna say, that sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, you know, things like that. I mean, just the the nature of it all is all very different, and... um, storytelling's different the uh, so we took advantage of all that and I think that it's a really clever set that I think people are really gonna enjoy and now they've got a new one like that's the other thing is like they'll be able to play that I I once said that um, the people I am most jealous of in all of history although this is fiction um, <laughs> is. The um, audience in the movie Shakespeare in Love, mm. because there's a point in that movie where Juliet has been poisoned and she suddenly wakes up, you know, from her coma and, you know, breathes this breathes this fresh air and every everybody in the audience goes <gasps> because they didn't know that was coming. Like that's what people are gonna get out of Widow's Walk. <laughs> like they're gonna flip open a hunt and they're gonna go, "I can't believe what I'm looking at." Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, did you just compare yourself to Shakespeare? No, 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 I compare myself to the audience in Shakespeare. Okay, So <laughs> 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 Just want to make sure just I to be look. Clear. They're, they're, I mean, we crib from everything, including Shakespeare. It's true. <laughs> That's true. It's true. That is true.
0: So, real quick, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about uh, 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 you know what this expansion is all about, but and we've explained what betrayal at House Nell Hill is for people who uh, 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 may not have known. But for Dungeons and Dragons players uh, who love that role playing aspect, but haven't really gotten into board games, it's like a good way, I feel like this is a
2: great. Transitionary thing. Mm-hmm. It's board, It's role playing light in some sense. I mean, you have a character and you move around. You make decisions. You get inside that character's head.
1: Your stats go up and down. If your
2: stats go up and down. Yeah. You you pretend like if you're I when there's a character in the game named Ox and he's kind of dumb and people who play Ox tend to take on like the dumb guy accent and you know one one of the characters is an eight year old girl and they you know people <laughs> flounce around and pretend they're eight years old like I mean you get a little bit of yeah you get a little bit of it uh, a little bit and um, you know horrible things. Happen to you, just like in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you get
1: the ex- exploration. You get the combat. Yeah, so yeah. It's all it's all there. I mean, story. And the tra-
2: best groups that we play with have been the
0: ones who who, who embrace the role playing. Yep. And yeah. make and make chainsaws, no, and absolutely. chainsaws. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think it it goes back to um, that sense that both in Dungeons and Dragons and in, in Betrayal that that you don't know what's in front of you. Like you play a lot of games where you do know exactly what's going to happen and well well the other player may make some different decisions and that'll cause you to make some different decisions. Fundamentally, you know, the entire solution space. Of decisions that is just completely impossible in Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. right? Like you have no chance of knowing everything your game master could throw at you, and in some sense, betrayal does that too. With the fact that you just don't know what haunt you're going to get, you don't know what state you're going to be in when you get there, and you don't even True. know you who's don't know gonna, what
1: items you're going to you, have yeah, or what yeah. your house is going to look like or
2: what your house is going to look like. You sure don't know who's going to be the traitor, and yeah. and you know, all those things are kind of like getting a, a dungeon master. You know, your, your game master is the box, and the box is doing a pretty good job of keeping you on your toes, so you got to think your way through. Uh, you know what? I just, I, this is the first time I've clicked for me, but I'm sure other people have,
0: this has clicked for you before this, but in many ways, Betrayal at House on the Hill is like the uh, progenitor of the adventure system idea for sure. Castle Ravenloft and uh, oh, Legend I, of Drist and all
2: those. I think it's a straight line. Yeah. I think that there was uh, a lot of people here who. I don't know if they. It's it's a mistake to say they grew up playing betrayal. That's probably they're they're older than that. But but it was in their heads. The, 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 like in their in their early twenties or whatever, they were mm-hmm. playing before they came to this company, and then they built. And some of those people are contributors to this expansion that's true right like so rodney thompson's in in here and, and so forth chris yeah, well, yeah yeah exactly so, like the, there's a there's a direct line i think to those to those games yeah because those are those that kind of dnd
0: style storytelling without a dm just have the box be the, the bad guy in a way yeah, so, yeah i think
2: we're all we're all sort of in that mindset of like what what's behind the door you know is a is a thing that's that that just drives us through life, and the game's really good at that. Um, You wanted me to tell my my Russia story, didn't you? This actually does pertain to what I just said. It is, yeah, the door. I I can see her looking at me. So I love it. uh, So I was traveling um, in uh, Russia right after the wall fell. And it was, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a scary new place. Um, there was democracy in the air, but it, nobody quite knew what that was like. And so we got on a train going from St. Petersburg to Estonia. Uh, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, a guard came up to the door of our, our train uh, cabin, banged on it with his, the butt of his machine gun, and rousted me, my father, and the woman we were traveling with out into the dark Complete darkness Like there was nothing And the train is still running And so And, they, but, and we realized we're not the only people who've been kicked off the train A whole bunch of other uh, Europeans have been, have been kicked out Americans have been kicked out And we have no idea what to do There's nobody telling us what to do The doors have closed behind us And I make out in the distance There's a um, pinprick of light And I go I think we're supposed to go there and so we get get our stuff together, and we go over there, and it's this tiny little house, a small building, um, with almost no lights in it whatsoever, just a really low thrum of the lights. And I go in, and inside is nothing except a four-foot-tall box. And we're like, hell Hell has just, and by the way, we can still, all in the distance, we walked almost a half mile, hear the train behind us. So it could take off at any minute. And everybody's looking around like, what do we do? And I noticed that there was a half moon cutout in the box. And I went up to it and I went, okay, I'm going to try something. I took out my passport, I opened it up, and I put it in the half moon cutout. And a tiny hand came out, grabbed it, and pulled the passport back in. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, I might be out of passport at the moment. (laughs) But sure enough, a minute late, almost a minute later, there was a thump, thump, and my passport again slid right back out by that tiny hand. I never saw eyes, never saw a face, nothing. No voice at all? No voice, nothing like that. And I went, this, do this to everybody in the room. And they did that, and we got, got our passport stamps, we got back on the train. And that's why you learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> because <laughs> because at three o'clock in the morning on the Russia-Estonian border, you have been taught some survival skills yes. that will teach you what the what to do when you see nothing but a four-foot-tall box with a half moon Push crescent cut out of it.
1: Valuable possession inside. <laughs> Absolutely, right?
2: That's why that's these amazing. games are powerful to us, yes. right? It's like the, There's a door. And we don't know what's on the other side of it, but damn it, we're going through whatever the consequences. And so, so yeah, I mean, if I hadn't been there, my family would still be trapped on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and that
1: little tiny hand would have nothing to do with it. Nothing to, to do. do. sitting no. in that box.
2: I'm going to assume there was another hand in there, but I have no idea really. Well, like, let's just say it was just yeah. one tiny hand. You're lucky there was you know no what? magic trap. You should have written a haunt about tiny <laughs> hand in a box. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a tiny hand in a box. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. That's anyway, awesome. that was uh, just the...
1: I love that story. Yeah. I can't help it.
0: It's good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for, for coming to talk to us. This has been fun.
1: We're going to have to talk again when um, we get a little closer. So, so maybe next time next we time. get
2: together, yeah. we'll talk about like you know what you might see in some of these spooky corridors.
0: Yeah. yeah and maybe if one of the uh, uh, haunt writers are available to come in, yes. that'd be a good way to do it, too, to have them have, talk about theirs as well. We well, have
2: many people who would fit that description.
1: Excellent. Many, many people.
0: Well, that's awesome. All I can't right. wait for October 14th. Yeah. That's what yeah. she said. You listened to her. Betrayal house on the hill. You cannot say no to me. No. Widow's Walk. Yeah. What's the MSRP?
1: Oh my gosh, that's the best part. $25. It's a, dude,
0: it's like nothing.
1: I know. It's like a passport. It's in like, Estonia. like a
0: passport. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. Awesome. Can't wait for it. Me too. Cool. All right. Thanks, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. That was great talking to Mike. He was a gonna really pre- cool guy. Are we
1: going to pretend he's not in the room? He's totally right there. I'm not in the room. <laughs>
0: Thanks, you guys, uh, for listening to Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. As I said, we've split off in, uh, all the live play adventures to Dungeons & Go check that out. Give some ratings. Make Chris Perkins happy. Do it. That's all i got to say. Yep. D&D Live and Meltdown. It's on June 1st. Uh, Check, the watch it. Check the website. Check the website, DungeonsandDragons.com. Also, twitch.tv slash wotsee underscore uh, d You'll have all the pertinent information there and that's where you can watch D&D Live from Outdown. It's going to be awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, bye you guys. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.